0: What's up, football fans, and welcome to another episode of Footy Weekly. On today's edition, we have more season updates from across Europe's top leagues, Tottenham holds off on player cuts, and we have another round of transfer updates. I'm your host today, Stevie, and I'm joined by my brother, Scans. How are we doing tonight, Andrew?
1: We're doing well, man. We're doing well. Um, I really have no idea what's going to happen with these seasons, whether they're going to be extended or canceled, null and void. Who the hell knows?
0: Who the hell knows, that is for damn sure. Hopefully we'll you know try to dig into it a little bit more in this episode. But you know, as always, we are joined by our Chelsea man himself, Paulinho. What's good, my man?
2: Cancel the season.
0: Uh oh. Uh oh. Make it contentious on this episode, it sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> but finally we have our loyal gunner, Luca. How are you feeling about everything, Luca?
3: You know, I'm 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 feeling well, you know, except for the Rona, everything's well.
0: Hell yeah. Well, we got a lot to get into. A lot has happened since the last time we've gotten together. So, we have a couple updates on two different seasons now um making an announcements. So, the first one, you know, the Dutch league, they announced that the season ultimately is null and void. Um Ajax are technically in first place by gold differential, uh but they will not be crowned champions. And they've also announced that there's not going to be any uh relegation or promotion. Now, the other league that came out with some news is the French League. So, the French League has decided to cancel the rest of the season. So, it's a little bit different than the Dutch League. You know, PSG has been named champions. I think they were up by about it's somewhere in the six to nine points range. Um, and the current standings apply. So, the bottom teams are getting relegated. and the top <clears throat> le- The top teams from League Two are going to be getting promoted up into the top division. So, fellas. A lot to get into overall. You know, I'm going to start with Luca. Luca, what are your thoughts on both of these leagues with what they decided to do?
3: Uh, yeah, I think um, it makes sense, and in each individual case. Um, firstly, PSG is ahead by 12 points, and they were clear favorites ahead Marseille, and it, it's what we want in these leagues, right? It's not a playoff format. It's every game counts. Mm-hmm. So if teams are treating the league as every game counts, then who's ever ahead? if an unforeseen circumstance occurs, then they should win the league. So I have no problem with that. And if you get relegated, you get relegated because you was at the bottom when the league came to an end. The other thing that's important with these leagues are the TV rights are not as important as it is in England. And the TV companies do not have as much control. So as a result, they can cancel the league and look forward to solutions and implementing procedures to get the league started for the next season. So, I think it's a good decision for both the individual leagues, given their status, the points that the teams are ahead by, and the fact that Ajax is only ahead by goal difference, it makes sense not to award a winner because that brings in too many technicalities that could sway it either way.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, but Luca. In the Dutch, French, and Belgian leagues, weren't the TV rights, they were concluded, right? So that's why it's not as big of a deal from a money standpoint.
3: Yeah, correct. And the and, and the TV rights for those leagues are not as substantial as it is in England right. because most teams rely on that TV rights money for expansion to sign that marquee player or just to improve the marketing and brand of the team overall. Because as we mentioned on some previous podcasts, a lot of teams have used – the popularity in the international space, primarily America, to strike these with Amazon and so on, in order to sure. increase their revenue. So, it's way way different.
0: Right, Paul uh, Paulino, what what are your thoughts on uh, on the entire situation?
2: Initially, I was surprised that they're not uh, kind of following in suit as, as one to the other, but. Looking into the standings with Ajax, you know, basically being uh, tied on points, it makes sense. They can't really award a champion. But at the same time, to totally cancel the season, it seems a little ridiculous. So I don't know. Maybe if you just don't crown a champion, but you still have relegation or, you know, I don't really know. That's where the technicalities come in and there's not going to be a clear choice that makes everybody happy but um like you guys said at least the tv writes that um the money isn't such a big deal they can do this whereas the prem it seems like they're and and germany for that matter it seems like they're gonna really try to get these games in
0: Okay. Uh, Andrew, I mean, don't you think it's maybe it might be a little <laughs> too soon to be calling off the leagues and everything? Because, you know, I mean, even, you know, there's talk that COVID might even be around in the fall. So isn't it a little crazy to start canceling seasons now without even knowing if the next season can begin?
1: Yeah, man, you read my mind. Um, I definitely think that they should take the time, take as much time as they can to make a decision considering how much money is involved. Um, like Paul said, when it comes to the Dutch league, I think it's a little tougher because... There's not much money, as much money involved. It's definitely a tighter race. But if you look at the standings for the Dutch League, one team that gets so screwed in this situation is FC... Um, I don't know how to pronounce it. U- Utrecht? Utrecht? Yeah. yeah. U- Utrecht? They're three points back from the Europa League um, with a game in hand and better goal difference than Tilburg, who's in sixth or fifth, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're also in the final for the League Cup. So that's two, upp- two opportunities for them to hit European qualification. And just because of that, they're threatening to sue uh, their league. I forget what it's called, like, uh, the Dutch league. They're threatening to sue uh, because they are ultimately getting screwed here. So I think that they're definitely – they have some merit there. They're, I think that I would agree with UEFA in this stance that there needs to be some sporting merit. And clearly the Dutch league didn't utilize that, uh, that phrase at all. So I think they're going to have to sit and review what they did. They might go back on
2: it. I don't know. But uh, we'll see. As, yeah. as much as we keep saying the money's not such a big deal, like it, it is a big deal for these leagues, obviously, because that's their money. But um, I don't know. It, I agree with you guys that theres there shouldn't be any rush to make a decision for these, uh, Yeah, you know, canceling the seasons. But at the same time, the sooner they do – the sooner they can start planning for next season. And like we've been talking about, you know, all the matches that are going to be coming and, and kind of preparing for what could be another coronavirus, you know, play season in the beginning, at least. So. So I
1: understand that point, but like, how can you plan for another season when that season could just be disrupted by another virus outbreak? You know, they're saying it's probably going to come back in the fall We're still not going to have a vaccine yet. Who knows what treatments will be available? Um, The likelihood of it coming up again is just going to put a damper on that season. So my point is, why not just keep delaying, keep postponing as much as you can. Listen to your governments. If the governments say we can't play, then fine. I'll listen to them. They have much more information than I do than the clubs do in terms of how this virus is reacting to everything or impacting everybody. So listen to them, postpone as much as you can, and then eventually get on with this season. I don't know. I don't understand how we just can't finish it. Yeah. yeah well, I mean, I got you.
3: but But the, the thing is, right, so these leagues are very different than leagues in England in the fact that they don't have enough money and they have players who they can't afford to pay. So by them canceling the league, everyone's paid, the league's over, and mm-hmm. to incur any expenses until the league starts. What this does is save the league from folding because we, we mentioned last time, um, Borussia Dortmund, Leipzig, and Bayern Munich pledge a certain amount of money to keep the Bundesliga going, which shows how <clears throat> these leagues are. So, yeah, so to us, it wouldn't make sense, but the, they must have made this decision because they probably cannot sustain waiting for the outcome, so they, they, they end it. And the league's done, and they incur no expenses until the league starts again.
0: Well, Shane, let me ask you. You may, you you might know this better than me, but wouldn't I, I? thought I was reading an article earlier today, or I read a quick like snippet of an article that was saying, you know, some head of one of the teams was was mentioning that. Listen, like we ultimately need to play the games at some point, and maybe I read the article wrong, but I thought he said whether the, whether the, whether or not the games are played doesn't matter. They still have to pay the players' salaries. So even if they're not playing games and they cut ninety five percent of their of their staff, like otherwise,
3: right, the majority
0: of teams are still going to fold. So, is, but did I read that correct? In yeah, you if, did. If they don't play the games, they still have to pay the players.
3: You did because all the players' contracts are guaranteed. However, some players might have clauses that earn them a little more. But the other important thing is those wages are protected and they're insured. So right. So e- even if it goes into bankruptcy and things go haywire, the wages are the first thing that gets paid from the club if it goes into liquidation, or anything like that.
1: Right, that's so, why you have the big money teams in the prem that ultimately want to continue the season because they don't want to uh-huh. have to pull out pull out money from their own pockets and and pay these players.
3: Yeah, which 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 again like confuses me because I don't understand how four months because essentially there's going to be four months of not playing. Are going to affect clubs that substantially that they'll fall so it means that these clubs are not being ran properly
0: no and i think and i honestly i think what what you know this whole thing might bring out of this is kind of right sizing (laughs) the the transfer market again because the transfer market is getting pretty out of control i mean there was a lot of guys going for you know over 70 mil plus that let's be honest they probably aren't that good. You know, I mean, five, six years ago, they'd be going for 30 mil, 35 million. I mean, even look like, look at guys like Mo Salah and Mane when they came to Liverpool. Like, now those guys would be worth what, three times as much as what we pay at the time. Um, so that's one thing to, to consider. But, you know, another thing, Andrew, I'm happy you brought up the, you know, the Dutch team um, that is, is threatening to sue. Lyon, within 12 hours of this announcement from from the French League, already said if we don't play the games and don't get the opportunity to finish the season, we are going to sue. So that's another team already right there in a whole different league. And th- this is the problem with doing null and void seasons or mm-hmm. even just canceling the season and saying, hey, like this is this is where you're at. Because, and, and again, there's no perfect situation. In every situation, someone's going to lose, whether it's the players, the teams, you know, whatever. But, you know, one of the things to look at ultimately is – you got to finish, and like Andrew kind of got to. Like, this is going to be around in the fall, so you might as well take the nine. Like, from the Premier League standpoint, take the nine games that you have and see what you can do with them, and use these nine games to kind of experiment with what you can do. And I'm, I'm kind of applauding, you know, the Premier League with taking their time on making a decision; they're not rushing into it. Yeah, they're, I agree. They're, they're waiting to get all the facts and then see what they can do, because the last thing you want to do is cancel this season, try <laughs> to start the next season, play one or two games and then, like, not have a good system in place and then everyone gets sick and then you have to cancel another entire season. Whereas if you try to finish this season, you might be able to get a couple more games in and then, you know, kind of take it slowly but surely from there. So, you know, that's kind of where I stand on the entire thing. And, I mean, I like, like even look at teams like Leeds. You know I mean? Leeds hasn't been in the Premier League for God, God knows how long and now they finally are about to come up. And you're going to tell one of the yeah, biggest teams that they can't. Yeah, they're getting screwed.
3: So. Yeah, but, but we got to understand, if that happens in England, it's going to be a riot. <laughs> <They> can, <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. We are not do that in England. So. I, I, oh, I know
1: that, that the uh, Borussia Dortmund chief in the in the Bundesliga said that the Bundesliga would go under if they didn't finish out the remaining games.
3: Yeah. Which I mean,
1: those three teams can't. Can't you know keep the, keep the other teams up uh, financially? It just it's
3: just not going to happen. And and again, so so this highlights the inequality that exists in these leagues, which is why I love the Premier League, right? The TV distribution money is split pre- is split pretty evenly amongst all the teams. Like each team gets above like twenty million in the Premier League. When in these other leagues, like Spain, for example, Bas and Real Madrid gets about sixty two percent of the TV income.
0: And That's the rest ridiculous,
3: yeah. So it like. The only thing that might come out of this is, one, there'll be a clear mandate on what to do if leagues cannot finish for yeah. unforeseen reason. And the second thing will be the actual inequality that exists within these leagues and the financial um, distribution, because Arsenal, Liverpool, most of those teams make similar amounts in TV revenue. Yeah. There's, there's no disparity between Arsenal and Bournemouth. Bournemouth made like 26 million last year from TV revenue, so I don't understand why these leagues are operating like that. Like, we're in 2020. There should be an even distribution of income for TV rights at least because they all pretty much get the same amount of television games.
2: Outdated and over-leveraged.
3: Yep. Paul. Yeah,
1: I think it's all going to come down to what Germany decides, ultimately, for the Premier League. Mm-hmm. I think the Premier League is just waiting on its haunches, just waiting for the Germans to decide what they're going to do. They're going to see how – People react to that, see how that situation unfolds, and then they're ultimately going to make a decision. So there's actually a date coming up May 8th. There's a UK lockdown review. So I think, like, all the politicians in the UK are going to decide if they're going to lift
0: lockdown similar to what we're experiencing here in the States. So that's the huge date to watch out for. Yeah, and, and I think Andrew just made a really good point because, I mean, the German teams have now been practicing for a couple weeks. They've, they've, all, you know, they've yep. all been training at at their facilities you know, this week Arsenal returned to training. Uh they returned on Monday and I, I read all about that. So they're, it, they're ultimately the, the team's at the training facility, but they're still doing social distancing. They're doing like you know like, you know, two guys are the coach over there, two guys are the coach over there, so they're all really separated and taking all the precautions necessary. And then this morning, um, you know, the uh, the guys over at um, you know, the, the bridge podcast there, I don't know the exact name of it, but they tweeted out today that Chelsea players were told to return to the u k by Sunday, so mm. all eyes are pointing to the Premier League starting training as a whole you know in the, in the next couple of weeks here so I mean Paulina, what are your thoughts on that
2: <laughs> it's gonna be <laughs> it's gonna be interesting I, I mean f- footballers have been the biggest uh, uh, uh rule breakers as far as the quarantine goes it seems kyle like walker. <laughs> <laughs> kyle walker i mean the list goes on it seems like every day there's somebody somebody else you hear about
1: yeah
2: and i mean to think that these guys are taking it seriously in training i find it hard to believe and it's just gonna take one um Situation where something doesn't come out right and somebody gets sick. Next thing you know, the whole team's sick, and then, boom, no football league is taking place this year. Exactly.
1: But you haven't heard much coming out of the Bundesliga with them training uh, for the past two weeks, which is interesting to me. So whatever they're doing must be must be working. But but Stephen, what was the, the the date you said that Chelsea's returning? Sunday, Sunday. So so Paul, you'll find out what injury Callum hudson odoi picked up, right? <laughs> <laughs> Wow, he, he, he was keeping that as his back <laughs> Dude, I was waiting. I was waiting. Man.
2: And Pulisic and the list goes yeah, on. Yeah,
1: Pulisic's been doing so many TikToks, dude. He probably
0: rolled an ankle. Definitely <laughs> didn't. Well, hey, it, we can't talk about that because Ox and his and his. Girl oh, my God. Great. That was that was great. Um, but one other thing to talk about, too. I mean, the, the Premier League teams are definitely talking, and they're defi- it definitely sounds like they all are trying to play the games because – even the Liverpool mayor came out and he and he was like, you know, he wants the season canceled, but he said it should be very similar to what the French league did. So like it should be standings <laughs> as is, you know, all yeah. the relegation happens. You know, Liverpool's like champion, whatever asterisk or not, whatever. Um, but then Liverpool, the team, like came out afterwards after after the mayor made that announcement. And they're like, you know, we're really disappointed because. <laughs> pretty much the mayor's number one reason for not wanting to continue the season was because if Liverpool were to play out the rest of the games and then be like officially crowned champions, he'd be really concerned about the Liverpool uh, supporters surrounding, yeah, like surrounding the stadium and stuff like that. So Liverpool literally shortly after he made that uh, speech or whatever, uh, they came out with a post saying like, we're very disappointed with, with what the mayor said because we've spoken to a number of supporter groups, Across the across the city, about what like what we need to do in case we do continue to uh, continue the games and all that stuff. So it really seems like a lot of behind the scenes chatter is happening that we're just not getting um, that that we're not hearing about. And they're definitely going to try to finish the games because Agüero came out today and said the players are are kind of concerned to keep playing. So they're definitely having the conversation and definitely doing everything possible to finish the season. Yeah, I just Steven that that mayor went about it all wrong first of all. Uh-huh. He she
1: came out and just like started firing off at the Liverpool faithful and was just like yeah if we win they're going to be he's going to be they're going to be morons and they're just going to go to Anfield and celebrate with everybody around them. He didn't, he didn't consult the supporters group or the supporters union which he should have done. And yep. it was really really funny because the first group to attack the mayor was Liverpool FC aka FSG. So they're yeah. definitely just looking for some yep. good publicity here. like
0: Yeah, screw you, man. Let's hop on this bandwagon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: Exactly. That's, that's FSG
0: at yeah. Yeah, its finest.
1: Oh, yeah, that it's that fine. mayor's not going to win re-election, I'll tell you that. Yeah,
0: definitely not. I,
3: um, I also got a point over here that Arsenal has 10 fields, so social distancing is not a problem. You <laughs> no, in the world.
0: <laughs> Literally. Yeah, you can have two guys on every field. Perfect. They each get a half. Yep. but That could work.
2: I, I think, I think, this situation highlights kind of what what it's going to be going forward as far as if uh, leagues and clubs can work with local government to find a way to make it work because Ultimately, local government is going to rule. So right,
0: and, and it has to be safe. Like I think everyone can agree. Like it's a legi- not, not legitimate
2: concern. Yeah,
0: yeah. Like don't take any risks if, if you if you don't have to. No, wait. You've, it out. You've heard about the NBA idea, right? To go
1: down to Disney World and play all their games down there. If <laughs> you, you heard that? <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: It's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, they could do. That. I mean, they could probably do that with like you know. I mean, I feel like the the Premier League could find one city that there's like maybe three or four stadiums in. And, you know, like one that's not that bad, even, even if it's not in England, you know, you can probably find one somewhere else and then just have everyone in a hotel for a month, a month and a half, whatever it's going to take to finish the season. But, yeah. I mean, we'll see. I mean, I think they're doing the right thing, waiting it out. Uh, obviously, I think the, the Bundesliga is going to be the, the first pawn to move, um, you know, for a game actually be being played. So we'll kind of see what happens there. But in um, and other, and other news related to the season, uh, on the Tondon front. So, uh, Levy came out and he said, listen, we're not going to ask any of our players to take a pay, a pay cut until we see the clearer picture on the league. And it's pretty consistent with everything we've talked about. But I a, actually – What a guy. I actually love it. No, honestly, though, I think I, – I mean, I think he's doing – they're doing it the right way. I mean, I, I would hope that the players step up. And I think they're involved with what the, with what Henderson put together. But, I mean, ultimately – that's the. I think that's the mindset of the entire Premier League is this us wait until we see the clear picture. But what are your guys' thoughts?
1: I think it's a PR stunt. I think he's just trying <laughs> to get back in the good graces of his fans. Um, I think ultimately you'll see him asking players for money. But uh, I mean, Tottenham, I, I'm pretty sure, is a pretty profitable club. So, uh, yeah. yeah. uh, if not the most profitable club in the Prem, so uh, they they can definitely afford it for a little while. We'll see how long that lasts, and I think that definitely reflects how long the situation lasts.
3: So.
2: Yeah, I I agree with you. Um, I mean, he's doing the right thing for now, and and give him credit. He learned from his past mistake of just coming right out and saying, nope, this is what's going to happen, but we'll see. If the league doesn't continue, you bet your bottom dollar there's going to be some serious conversations about money being – Scaled back for the players.
1: Yeah, that's my question, though. Do you think if the league does not continue, say it's canceled, like in France, do you think clubs will pull back on their decision and start furloughing people? I think they'll
0: Ooh, have to.
2: That's a good point.
0: I think they're going to have to. Yeah, maybe not I mean, the top six clubs, but mid table and lower. I think they're going to have to. I think they're going to have to cut down on pretty much all, pretty much anyone outside of like. Does like the transfer business, really, you know what I mean? And then just like their assistance. And other than that, it's not gonna be anybody else.
3: That's all smoke and mirrors from Daniel Levito. It shows that he doesn't have the courage. (laughs) It shows he doesn't have the courage to go to his convictions. Like you shouldn't care what other people think if you're doing the right thing for your club. They just build a stadium, they might have balloon payments at a due. So if you gotta cut costs in that way, cut costs. The fact that he's now trying to be socially responsible and giving players options and pretend like he's thinking of others is totally disingenuous. He got a $3 million bonus. If he wants to show that he actually cares and he has that pride that he says associated with Tottenham and doing the right thing and being the voice of reason, then he should donate his $3 million and case is closed. Totally disingenuous, and he doesn't have the courage to follow through with his initial decision. Smokes and yes. mirrors.
0: Let's go. 100% agree. Yeah. I mean, y- y'all brought up good points. i not, not going to fight it. Uh, <laughs> but let's get into a more fun topic. Since last time we all got together, there is a whole bunch of new transfer updates. And let's start with our boy, Luca. Luca that I'm hearing a lot of noise about, you know, Aubameyang coming off a golden boot, could be on his way out of Arsenal. I've, been, I've heard him link to teams in the Premier League like Chelsea. I've yep. also heard of him being linked to you know, clubs like Barcelona and that, and, and that thing. So you know, how legitimate are these, are these rumors and you know, what would be your thoughts if he did leave?
3: So those rumors are baseless. Let's, let's just say it's baseless. The only team we can see him leaving for is Real Madrid or Barcelona and they don't want him. Mm. And given the financial situation that's taking place right now, the best deal he can probably get would be Arsenal. He's a proven goal scorer. Arsenal is adding defenders this season. We have Saliba who's coming in. Given the French league is canceled by June 30th, he would be eligible to start training with Arsenal. You have Mari who's on loan. The contract is expiring next summer. So they're going to add another big name player. Nicolas Pepe would have had time to transition. You're going to have Mkhitaryan off the books, El Nani off the books. So that's going to free up more wages to strengthen the team. The Thomas party rumor would not go away, which is an indication that Arsenal is fully aware would need to strengthen. And Aubameyang's dad also posted on Instagram encouraging him to sign. He's loved at the club. He's the captain. I I can't see him going anywhere besides Real Madrid or Barcelona. The Chelsea link is is actually trolling. Chelsea yeah. renew, <laughs> renewed Giroud contract. They yep. have Tammy Abram, who's on the contract, and they're trying to extend him at this moment. They're probably going to try to shift Mishi Batswai, which is going to be difficult in this moment because who's going to take him on those wages? And he's not going to give up wages to go somewhere and lose out on a lucrative contract. And
0: right. he lives in
3: London and plays one of the biggest teams in the world. So the whole Abamian yeah. thing is just trying to create chatter to get us through the corona period because there's nothing else to talk about.
0: Oh, yeah. And I think there's a whole lot of that going on. I mean, I completely agree. And I think when I, when I think about Aubameyang possibly moving, it I, I literally get shades of Coutinho leaving Liverpool because it's just like dude you go right now in Arsenal you're one of if not the best player on the team you're a leader you're well loved by the fans like you have the respect of your of your your teammates but also your competitors in the league if you were to go to a Real Madrid or a Barcelona you're literally just gonna be another guy and you're gonna be overshadowed and yep. that's probably you know what I mean he could just have a I'm not gonna say he's gonna be as bad as Coutinho has been but you know he. You know, he won't. He won't be the same star appeal that he has right now in our, uh, you know, in London. But
3: correct. Hey,
2: that that's why though Chelsea would be a great move for him. Uh, he could play on the wing. He could play striker. We need a backup striker. There's plenty minutes <laughs> for him. He'd, he'd score a shit ton of goals. I mean, it, I could see it working out really well. That being <laughs> said, I don't. I don't think he's leaving Gunners, unfortunately. But. Uh, We'll see. When's his contract
3: up? uh, Next year, next summer, the same year as Ozil. But but here's the thing with Aubameyang too, right? While he's a good striker, he's not great because he misses a lot of easy chances.
2: he's he's got the most goals in the league still.
3: Yeah, scores enough. But 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 think about it, right? The chances he miss, Arsenal would have been top four if he converted those chances. So it shows, although he converts a lot, he he doesn't really score against the big six teams either. So, as much as he's prolific, like, no one cares about scoring against Aston Villa, right? Stoke. Like, no one cares about scoring against those teams. You got to score and it matters. And he hasn't consistently proven that either. So, while he scores a lot of goals, he's not exactly that killer striker that Arsenal really needs. And I don't think teams are going to go all out for him because, like, for example, let's, let's um, compare him with Firmino, for example. Firmino does not score a lot of goals, but he does a lot of things that impacts big games, right? When you look at Chelsea, I, I don't like Georgino. You know? But there's a lot of things he does that impacts the game that create goals. So while Aubameyang could be a goal and boot scorer or oh, all he does, he doesn't really do much else. And he causes the team to be a bit stagnant. And going to another team that's that's not like Arsenal who would cater to him, I don't think he'll he flourish.
1: Yeah. I completely agree. I think they need, I think Arsenal needs to sign him to a new contract this summer though. Cause you need to get this noise out of the press. It's just a pain in the ass for everybody.
3: Yeah. Well, it's good for Arsenal's social media too, you know, keeps it <laughs> relevant. So. True. <laughs> Some content.
0: No, but I think you should, I think he should stick around too. I mean, I think if he could sign an extension for like three years, or something like that, I think that'd be perfect for the club and for him. You know, stay at a high level, you know, throughout the rest of his prime and, uh, I think there's a lot of good things happening at Arsenal right now especially with Havertz at the helm. So I think if he can stick around and be a part of that like he could, you know, cement himself as you no, know, not maybe not a club legend but definitely up there, you know, especially if things turn around. But um, you know, shifting over to some other news, uh Timo Werner, you know, he's been talked about a lot for, you know, connection to Liverpool as well as Bayern Munich, but um, one of the, one of the Bayern Munich uh, beat writers came out with a story saying that Timo Warner will definitely not be joining uh, Bayern Munich this summer. He ruled he ruled out any transfer to another German club because he wants to work for Klopp and he wants to take the next step at Liverpool. So, um, Andrew, I'll let you go ahead with this. You know what? What, what are your thoughts on um, you know Timo Warner and now another you know sign that he may be coming over to Liverpool? Well, first of all, we do have a, uh,
1: a blog coming out from you, matchtrackermedia.com, yeah. uh, coming out tomorrow. So this has all the news on Timo Warner that you want to read about. So I'll just quickly paraphrase. Um, he feels that he got absolutely screwed by Bayern Munich last year. Uh, they were thinking about putting in an offer for him, but they ultimately didn't. He wanted to go. He obviously didn't go, and he ended up tearing up the Bundesliga. Um, ever since then, he's still been linked with a move to Bayern Munich this year. And also Liverpool, I don't think any of, I mean, maybe Chelsea a little bit, but any other link hasn't really been made. So this is just great news for the Reds. We, we've known, Stephen, you and I have known that uh, he, he's coming our way. We, or at least we thought he was coming our way. This definitely assures us that we are correct. Um, I, think, I, think, I think that it's like if a player meets with Jurgen Klopp, they are just going to come to Liverpool. That's just how it is. It's like it's like Vinny Chase and Entourage. You get him in the room with the director, he's going to close the deal, and that's boom. What's, that's what's going to happen here. Yeah, boom. Exactly. <laughs> are gold? Boom. Yeah. <laughs>
2: um,
0: no, no, I completely agree. I mean, um, and it, it, when you look at a guy like Timor Warner, he he fits the bill with what Liverpool looks for. He he fits the Liverpool transfer policy in the terms of they're not they're not breaking the bank for him. It'll be right around fifty, sixty million to bring him in. He's the perfect age. He's 24 years old. He's just hitting his prime, and he, he could be really, you know, the, the face of, like, the next movement after, you know, Mo Salah and Mane and, and, and these guys in their late 20s. Um, so from, from that from that standpoint, he's a perfect fit. But also from a play style, I mean, this guy, he's, he's a pure finisher. He can use both feet. He can use his head. He's lightning fast, super, uh, super quick acceleration, too, and then, because in the beginning of his career he played on the wings, he is not afraid to go take a guy one on one. He has the technical ability to break somebody down. So, put, bring him uh, him into the Liverpool team. He could play as the number nine behind Firmino. You know, he could be our first sub off the bench, and that's really kind of what our team is missing. We don't have that same you know world class depth that Man City has, where their second team would still finish in the top six of the of the Premier League. But him, yes. you know, he would really be a good first step for that and i wouldn't be surprised either if liverpool went to a 4231 and we started with our our three existing guys and and werner in there and that would be very very scary for the rest of the premier league but the one thing that i don't like about this entire situation is that it's been so public because you know especially in the last couple of years with with um you know uh, edwards and, and kloppring in the show we always seem to go get together we haven't been talking to uh, talking a lot about or you know, kind of ruled out because of price tag mm-hmm. or you know, we were doing some sh- shady business. Um so that's the only thing that throws me off. But the fact that um I think it was David build um from um uh, who is the guy angel that tweeted out um recently.
1: I forget his name.
0: Yeah. He yes, uh a a very reliable Liverpool source tweeted out that Dave from the Echo. Yeah, or Dave something. from the Echo, yeah. yeah. He tweeted out that uh you know Klopp wants him. He's trying, to get a, he's trying to get a face-to-face meeting or a yeah, virtual meeting. And if that happens, like you said, he's definitely going to come in.
1: I have a question for Shane on this matter, though. So because Timo has a contract or a uh, uh, release clause, right? I think it's 52 million pounds. Mm-hmm. Does that mean that any team can come in and just trigger that release clause and buy him? So like Arsenal could just be like, okay, we want Timo Warner going to go in. And, or does the player have to agree? Like, how does that whole thing works.
3: If the if the club decides to sell, you gone.
1: No matter what. No matter so what. Chelsea, Arsenal, Tottenham, whoever comes in for Timo Werner, we haven't placed
0: a bid yet, and big accepts. They can. That's it. End the story. Yep.
3: Done. Done. Wait,
0: no, no, no. That's not necessarily true, though, is it? Because isn't it? Because because the, after they make the agreement with the club, they have to make an agreement with the player for I'm personal sure terms. That, yeah, cause I'm pretty correct. sure that Liverpool has, has had transfers denied where they've tried to sell somebody. I think like Lazar Markovic comes to mind where they tried to sell him and he turned it down. He was like, I'm not accepting any personal terms. I'm not
3: leaving. But that's, but that's different because there's no bio clause in England. So, so what would happen there? If he wants to go to Liverpool, his agent will call a club and be like, hey, someone met the release clause. Are you guys going to come in to meet, to meet it too? And if they do, then he goes to Liverpool. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, that's, that, that's, that's the only thing
1: sure. I'd be worried about. That's the only thing I'm worried about with him is why haven't we pulled the trigger yet? I mean, I feel like Edwards is trying to get the deal done,
0: but he's trying to get a lower fee. I, I don't. I don't really know what's going on. I also. I, I mean, I think it goes back to the games being played. I think. I think the games get played. He comes in. I mean, If the games don't get played, then I don't. It, it'll be. A, it'll be a question mark.
2: I mean, yeah, exactly. There's so much money that's a question mark right now that that's true. Transfer <laughs> transfer plans could be. A lot cheaper than people expected, or teams right. just might not sell because they want to hold out until the markets, you know, at a higher value.
3: And, yeah, good point. and if he wants to go to Liverpool that bad, there might be a swap deal.
0: Who would they swap? Because they, they've been linked to, if, if Werner leaves, lipsy been linked to, uh, well, they've been linked to this guy, yeah, Milo, Milo Rashida or Vashika. And he he was kind of seen as the Werner replacement. But I could see Timo – I could see Origi going because if Werner comes in, that could definitely um, prevent him from playing some games. So I wouldn't be surprised if he would want out. And we would definitely grant him that for everything he's done for us. So Yeah,
3: just, and yeah, and, and we got to reala- the Bundesliga. And, and we gotta realize too, with teams not having as much money, you are going to see a lot more swap deals. That's true. That's
0: a good – good, very good point. Um, but let's go on to uh, Paul, Paulinho. Let's go on to your, to your Blues – I thought this link was interesting. I th- I think he's a great fit for Chelsea. Um uh Mertens from from Napoli.
2: Yeah. Um,
0: but he kind of goes against the grain of Chelsea, what Chelsea usually does because he's thirty two years old. So um if he does come in, it'll probably be a shorter term contract, I would imagine. But what are your thoughts on him potentially coming into uh your blue side?
2: Yeah, valid point on the age. Um he's coming on a free, so that always helps. Um He's a great player, can play across the front three. Um, sorry, actually turned him into a striker. Before that, he was a winger. And he knows how to finish. The guy just scores goals. I think he'd be a great fit on this team. Uh, I was hoping we'd get him in January, but get him on the free. It's great. Um, there's some smoke coming out today, maybe a two year deal. Um, which would be perfect. And, you know, he's not putting too much pressure on Tammy where it might shy him away from signing his five-year extension. Um, So yeah, I'm all for it. And it might also make sense that we extended Giroud the one year because he brings the size and Mertens can bring the speed and the finishing Mm -hmm. and it would be perfect. Paul,
1: I've heard that uh, Frank's calling him, like, every other day, just, like, asking him how life is, just trying to, like, stay up to date and stay in the back of his mind because he wants the guy that bad.
2: Love it. I hope Super Frank's doing it.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, he'd be a great guy to have because because of his flexibility. You know, he he can play on either side Mm -hmm. um, or or up the middle, but also just from, like, more of, like, a leadership perspective, too. I mean, I think having him and Zayich up there with those young guys with with Pulsich and and Cho – and abraham just to like help them mature and just help them be you know pros not saying that they aren't but you know just having Mm -hmm. surrounding them with more guys like that and having that flexibility so if you do have injuries you you have an easy plug in there so i think that'd be a great move for the blues um but what about coutinho is that still in the works
2: uh still in the works we'll see what happens a little got a little quiet on that news um yeah i
1: heard he's too expensive
2: We'll see. There's Barso supposedly wants eighty seven for him. Yeah, and depending on uh, Sancho money, Uh, might be too. It might be, it, in which case I'd take Sancho for sure. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll see. Like I said, if clubs want to hold out, then Sancho's probably not going anywhere this summer. Yeah, yeah I don't I know agree. if he
0: will. Um, but but um, you know, Luke, let's go back to you with your Gunners. You you brought him up earlier, Thomas Part uh, Party, and I think. Again, you know, that's, that's an area of, the, of weakness. You know, what, do, what are your thoughts on him potentially coming in?
3: Yeah, I think, I think there's a high probability that he'll join Arsenal. Um, he's on small money right now, probably like 40K a week or something like that. Mm-hmm. Steel. Uh, and, right, and he can play the six and he can also be in the center back position. And he gives us uh, much needed athleticism to get up and down the field. Um, Arsenal misses that dynamic. They don't have that player who can carry the ball. And adding him would be very exciting. Um, however, the fact that he's been at Atletico all his life, it makes it very difficult to see them letting him go without a fight. Mm-hmm. But given the financial strain that they're currently under and the fact that they said they got to sell three or four players this year because they have to pay for – um, what's the name of that strike at feel, Chelsea? is very bad. Feel it. Oh, oh, oh I forgot his there. name. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Alvaro Morata. They got to pay for him. They still got Diego Costa, who's on big wages. They got um, Sal Nunes, their captain, who's on big wages. Ralph, so, Felix. Felix. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. They bought him for like 120 million or something like that, right? Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so they got to do things. So I, I can see him joining Arsenal. And as I stated earlier, Mkhitaryan is going to be off the books. El Nino is going to be off the books. Ozil contract expires next year. Um, Lacazette might be involved in that deal because Atletico likes him so it'll be interesting to see what happens there and we also gotta remember too that we have um, Saeed who might be on his way out as well Mm -hmm. because they're rumoured to be signing the left back with Saka coming in so so, so Keep
1: him, dude. Get rid of Mustafi.
3: Uh, nah, as, as I said before, Mustafi's a class defender. I think Mustafi gets unfairly criticized. With that being said, if a team comes in with like 30, 20 million for him, I'll hate to see him go. But Mustafi's a very big player, big, big player. Well, the only thing with no, – <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm just going
0: to continue to say that. But uh, th- that part, part, the party thing, the only, the only thing that I think about with that, though, is like, you already have you already have Xhaka in that position. You have Gweduze mm-hmm. in that position, and you have Terea in that position. So, don't you think one of those guys would have to see their way out?
3: Not at all, because you got to remember Danny Sabelos is on loan from Real Madrid, and Real Madrid won forty-four million for him, which is party money. Sabelos is not that good, he's not. right? And he and he spins a lot on the ball for a center mid. Like he doesn't play the forward pass. He he's always on the wrong foot. He got to turn to his right foot. It's, it's, it's not really a good system. In keeping Xhaka, adding Partey and Torreira, you could play a three in the midfield. Yes, so you, you, man, play co- nice. Correct. And if you play a 4-3-3 three, three with Aubameyang, Pepe and Lacazette, you can have the outside backs going up and down as Liverpool does. And you have that three solid base that protects the defense. So that, that's an excellent case to keep them. Xhaka be on the left, Torreira on the right and Paraty in the center. You play that triangle in the middle and that could take Arsenal to the next level.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. That that's a good point. Yeah, you could def- definitely see a little shift in system there and it, we were getting a little bit of a taste of that at the end of the season there, but um Correct. Yeah, Paul Paul was quoted as saying that he's um
1: I think one of the, one of the, or if not the best center defensive mid in the world after they beat I said he was uh, one of and, the top. And I gave him a lot I remember of crap that for actually. That. Yeah, wow. I do I do apologize for that, but uh, I would be excited to see him in the Premier He's good. He, adds a different type of athleticism to that Arsenal squad and they would just go to the next level. Yeah, and,
3: and and honestly speaking, that, that Liverpool game highlighted his qualities. hmm Yeah. Because he, he outworked the entire Liverpool midfield. All right, all right. I, and, I don't and, need to think about that. And, and by him doing that, it prevented the outside backs from going forward because they actually had to defend because they weren't getting positioned. Right.
1: Yeah. To be fair, we dominated that game and the goalkeeper lost the for Yeah, let's move
0: on to Apology accepted, Andrew. <laughs> Select,
3: selective memory. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> yeah.
0: I blacked of out course. for that. But, uh, yeah, so in Ndombele, you know, he just came in for his first season in Tottenham and now could be on his way out. I mean, it's pretty clear that Mourinho is not a big fan of him, doesn't really fit with uh, Mourinho's style of play. But maybe it's Mourinho's style of play that doesn't fit with, you know, New age soccer. But, um, you know, that being said, I don't think he's going to go anywhere. It, it was too big of a money move. And with everything going on, I think he pretty much has to stay. Um, but I just thought it was pretty interesting that, like, they're already trying to cut bait with them or at least being linked to. But, you know.
1: Yeah, I think this is fake news. I think that uh, it's kind of what Shane said earlier that journalists are just bored and they need something to write about. So now they're just plugging these stories in there. I mean, yeah, Mourinho had some bust-ups with him, but Mourinho also was during quarantine outside with Ndombele and Serge Aurier, and they're, like, a training in the park or something. He's doing shit illegally with these guys. <laughs> I don't think he's going to cut him after one
2: season. Oh, it's typical Mourinho. N- nothing more than a little motivation. And yeah. next thing you know, next season, he'll be getting the best performances out of him. uh
3: yeah. He
2: has quality. He has quality.
3: I'm... I'm, I'm. not gonna go as far as say um, he get the best out of him, but this is definitely <laughs> this is definitely lazy journalism, yeah. right? It's lazy journalism, yes. and it's and it's sad. It's sad in many aspects because Ndombele was a player who I think he's 22 years old, and until two seasons ago, he was playing lower league soccer. So it's clear that he developed late, and he hasn't been a pro for that long. In addition to that, if we looked at what Sari said a few weeks ago. He loved the Premier League. He loved the culture, but he hated living in England. And something that's often overlooked is when these players grew up in France, they can get the food they want. They can shop where they want. They can drink the wine they want. They can go to the mosque if they're Muslim because those are already available. When they come to England, they don't have those things. And it's a serious transition for them. And in addition to that, he was injured. And, he was, and, and the fact that he was injured and he didn't push himself because a lot of these players – take injections they take tablets to play these games they take yeah. opioids etc a lot of players don't do that and we don't know what his reason was for not doing it or if he took painkillers and it backfired so the lazy journalism associated with him is kind of ridiculous if we look at players who came to the prem Firmino was a Brendan Rodgers signing who yep. took off under Jurgen Klopp like it takes some yep. players a while to adjust to the league and it doesn't negate their quality. So as Andrew said, it's it's probably fake news, but it's also very lazy journalism.
0: Yeah, no, and I'm happy we pointed this out because like there's just a lot of that going on right now. Like I feel like every single day we're seeing something that's complete nonsense out there. So it's nice to call it out as it is because I mean, even just going on like logging on Twitter, you can see some, you know bull crap every single day out there. But let's get to something oh, yeah. that we know is true. You know, Watford signed somebody that Arsenal had their eye on. Um, probably going to butcher the last name. Papa, pa, Papa uh, Guay from the French League 2. Um, guy, 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 guy. Yes, Guy. So, guy. so he yeah. – uh, I was watching some clips of him, man. He looks like he could be pretty good. I mean, he's a little bit of a bigger bodied, um, you know, center defensive mid. He's pretty tall. I think he's 6'2". He's only 21 years old and a uh, pretty creative guy. But, um, you know, uh, Luke, i let you kick it off because I think you're more familiar with him than I am. But, uh, you know, what are your thoughts on yeah. this move for Wofford?
3: Yeah, I, th- I think it's a great move for Watford because he's been capped at the U18 and U19 levels for France. And he played at um, Lorient with Guendouzi, which is what brought both of them to Arsenal's attention. Um, he was a slend misseling tat sighting last year. And given that he was on a free, he would have been a good addition. However, I completely agree with his decision to join Watford. Mm-hmm. Um, if we look at the team that defeated Liverpool, I think it was Watford, yes, right? Yes, And the and, and the star man was Ibrahim Saar, who also came from the French mm-hmm. League. And Saar was also wanted by other teams, but chose Watford because it would give him a chance to play and actually develop. And we've seen a lot of players move away from going to the traditional big teams and join smaller teams to give them a chance to develop. And let's not forget, he's going to be living in London. Yeah. Watford trains right next to Arsenal. I think it's a great move for him. And if we look at Guendouzi's trajectory, while he has had some good moments, his immaturity is glaring. And I think there was a hesitancy on the part of Arsenal to commit to another young player and have another project when we're like three or four players away from doing something big. So while I'm sad not to see him at Arsenal, I totally understand his move from a personal perspective. And if Arsenal yeah. are the yeah. ones who passed on him, I completely agree with it because we have not only Guendouzi, but we have Maitland Knights who can play in there. We have Joe Whitlock. Yep. Yeah. We also have um, Burton, who we actually just sold. He went to the Russian League for, like, 900K because there's just not room in the first team for him. Yeah. So, great move for him on a personal No, level. I
0: agree because, like, that's, that's the thing about making a move like this, going from the French League to into the Premier League. It's like, if <sighs> you can just go into one of these teams, make an impact for a year or two, then you'll go to one of the big teams and have an actual role in those teams. So, I, I completely agree. I think it's a, a great personal move for the kid.
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't know him at all. Um, but just judging from what you guys are saying about him, it seems like he's going to be pretty good. And if that, if that, if Watford stays up in the Premier League, I think they're actually they're in the just out right now. But if they, yeah, oh, are they just out? So yeah, if they stay up, I think they're going to be really good next year. I mean, they already have that super athletic midfield with DeCorey and Capu. Uh, if you add this guy in, from what you guys are saying, that's like an unbelievably athletic midfield. They're going
3: to just run it. Andrew. Yeah. Andrew, uh, Watford beat Liverpool. So, they, they were all the relegation zone since
2: then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I got that part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: No, no, no gold trophy for you guys. Um, no, yeah. no, not this year. W-
2: Watford, very underrated uh, recruiting done by them. They have a good staff. So.
0: Yeah, Nigel Pearson has really turned the team around when he came in and that I- – they were just too good to be in relegation, in my opinion. I mean, they, they had too many too many good guys on that team, and I'm glad that right now they're out because they, they have the talent to be competitive next year. So, um, no yes. doubt.
3: But, Stephen, Paul made a very important point. The way Watford works is they recruit the players, and the coach got to coach however they recruit, which was the problem with the last coach. Like, they buy these players and tell you, we recommend this formation, and you got to play it.
0: Well, well that's, that's the thing. Don't they? Don't, doesn't yeah. Watford have a policy of every season they have a new coach? They
3: change the coach. Yeah, I think
0: <laughs> it seems like yeah, it. I think so. So it
3: the is. policy is if if you don't play the way they want to to play, you're out.
0: Interesting. I, yeah, yeah. I, I and then you bring Nigel. Yeah. Pearson <laughs> <in to save laughs> Please, you. Nigel. Yeah. Interesting stuff.
3: But at, but at the same time, they've played very attacking soccer under him.
0: No, that's the thing. Oh yeah, yeah. Dude, this no, Sark is the real deal.
3: And. And Troy Dini was injured. Like Troy Dini is a big striker. He may yeah, not Troy score Dini's a ton of a pro, goals, but for... he's a
0: pro. He works hard. Yep. He, yeah, yep. He's good, man. He, he he has yep. my respect for sure. But uh I mean I think this this is gonna wrap up this episode of Footy Weekly. But uh fellas, any last uh last thoughts out there before you let the people go? I'll just say that we all want football
1: back. We uh we don't know or we don't want the season to be canceled, so let's resume when it's deemed safe to do so. Um, I know I don't want any footballers or staff sick or worse. Um, we can't force this issue. So having said that, you know, it is ultimately all down to money, so I do think they're going to continue the games regardless, unfortunately.
0: Up the blues. Up the blues. Luca, any last thoughts?
3: Yeah, uh, the only thing I was saying this time is – um. Why I want football to be back. I think we just be patient. Use this time to reflect. Um, Use this time to check out our social media, our website, matchtrackers.com. Get familiar with our content. We got a lot of good podcasts out there. So while you're home and you need something to take your mind off the Rona, just take a listen to us.
0: Yes. Yeah, please do. We just launched the the blog, matchtrackersmedia.com. We have a new blog coming tomorrow morning by Timo Werner. We'll have stuff coming to you every single week. So thank you, everybody, for listening. Give us the five stars that you know we deserve, and we'll see you next time.